This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning, and it smells like money. Cash is in the air, in studio, back in studio. It feels like we haven't been here for a long time, and Andrew... He's right here again. So let's get things this thing popping. My partner in grind, the statistician at Josh Jordan975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? We are back at home. Good to be home. Beautiful Sunday. It it's finally not 90 degrees outside. It actually feels like football weather. It feels like I want to go out there and do a, a dive over the goal line or something. You know, old <laughs> yeah. school, back in the day, you would get your buddies together. This was football weather. Right before the games would come on, you'd get outside and start playing some ball, right? It, it brings back memories. It does, man. It It's finally here. I, I didn't think it was going to come. It's, it's like a... Hot, hot summer and then less hot summer. You know, we only get like two seasons right now. So it's it's good. It feels like football. I'm glad to be back with you guys. Andrew, it's good to see you in person, my man. I'm ready, dude. It's been a – what a great weekend. You know, Longhorns played yesterday. We had some Astros ALCS. No, 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 stop. Longhorns covered yesterday. Yes, That's that, what we want to hear yes. because the back door was open and on many people's handicaps. Yeah. Whenever you saw that spread, you thought – Man, this could be a blowout, which considered to say a 17-point game and a touchdown at the end could put you at 10 and you could still cover. So yep. either which way you looked at it, you felt like you were always into that in that game. You never felt like you were out of it. It got scary for a moment there, but oh, then yeah. you said, all I need is a touchdown to get back in this, although the, the, the spread was still intact, the game wasn't. Correct, and it, it got a little scary in the beginning, right? Because if Texas didn't get those those turnovers early, that thing could have gotten ugly really quick. So good thing they forced that fumble there in the first half, and the the interception in the end zone was big too, just to kind of keep that thing from snowballing and getting out of control. Out of control is what we're going to get for the next two hours at Carlson Radios, where you can find them on Twitter at Josh Jordan ninety seven five at Jerry Bow Knows and at Moneyline ninety seven five at Moneyline ninety seven five is where you can send any Stardom Sidem fantasy questions, anything you have gambling related, or seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. That's the jam for the next two hours. Give us a call. You want to talk anything fantasy, anything bad beats? We're here for that as well. Sometimes you just want to get it off your chest. Sometimes you say, Hey, I'm in a predicament right now. I'm about to have to go to church i need to get this who do i start go ahead and call us 713-780-3776 also if you want to check out anything we have over at sports map josh has his had his waiver wire that's a little later for that he has his you got some flexi for the people this week i have my fantasy ranks up i've kind of now that i'm having to write twice a week i don't have time for flexi anymore so it's just fantasy ranks and you'll a waiver always wire be column. flexi in my always. eyes <laughs> i'll still have some good flex plays for us during the show but i don't have anything written up so if you do have any questions on who i should start just you know check my fantasy ranks and i need to update some of those because as andrew will tell us in a little bit there's some guys that are going to play this week that we weren't really counting on and there's also some guys that may not go so we'll get to that 
there's a lot of injury stuff yeah. to, to get to. But let's get to a little bit of last week, not to touch too much on it because by now it's been hammered all week long. But I told you Willie Fuller, that's what his friends call him, <laughs> Willie. Yes. And a friend he was last yes. week, we hammered that down. And before I even got home, I was driving. And you shouldn't text and drive, you know what I mean? <laughs> but my phone is going off. Yep. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And then I see, call the oh gosh, Willie. And I'm like, what is going on, you know? And literally, behold, he had a day. He had a huge day. That was a, that was your put your name on it. You nailed that one. I was happy with mine as well. Uh, you know, I went with Austin Eckler. A lot of people were worried in a PPR if they should still start him. Well, he caught 15 passes. So th- <laughs> that worked out okay in a PPR. And, and Will Fuller, I think he's – I have to go check the stats, but he might have even passed Hopkins now. Just, you know, a- after that one week, you know, he, he'd been a little below average for most of the year, Will Fuller. But then, oh, my Lord, what was it, three touchdowns, almost 200 yards? And what's the deal with Hopkins? Like, I like him today, but this is like three, four weeks in a row where he's killing fantasy owners. And we'll get to that, but like you said, what's the deal with Hopkins? That's going to be the thought of a lot of people, especially in DFS or in gambling or whatever the case may be. We live in a world, you need to, if you're in gambling, you need to live in a world of of buy low, sell high. And that's going to be the theme for the Texans game today. Whenever we get into it, think about that. Buy, Buy low, sell high. Last week, you saw the Texans. We knew, though, that was, remember, that was my bet of the week, yeah, was that over. It was. We knew that the Texans were going to come out and be able to score because of their deficiencies not being able to be shown because Atlanta can't generate pressure, okay? No. So if you can't get to Watson, we saw what happens. Well, this week, the same predicament happens to Kansas City. So expect Watson to be able to have another game. I'm not going to say the same type, but he might need to because on this game, he's not going to be playing from ahead, I don't think. I think he'll be playing from behind for most of the time, and it's going to boost his numbers. And we'll get into that deep into that game. We're going to break that game down for many segments because Tyreek Hill is expected to play. Yeah, and I mean, for me, this is – you know, probably the most exciting game of the week. I mean, this is a really good one here. I mean, going to Kansas City, taking on the Chiefs. We'll see how that ankle's doing for my homeboy. I think he's going to be okay. If Tyreek Hill's there, that's a game changer because, you know, he can kind of do that T.Y. Hilton stuff, and we know how the Texans deal with the T.Y. Hilton stuff. Speed kills. It does, man. It really does. So it'll be interesting. to. Here's the other reason, too. If Tyreek Hill plays, you can't focus all your attention on Travis Kelsey. You know, that that gives you another legit weapon. We know the Texans, in general, you know, the last couple of years, they're not good at running backs catching balls out of the backfield. I don't know if a, any coach designs that better than Andy Reid throwing to his running backs. So I think that's something we're going to see a lot today, too. We'll see if, you know, Cunningham and, and those guys, McKinney, can can keep up with these running backs. You know, Damian Williams is back. It was kind of weird, right? Like, Shady McCoy only had like two or three carries last week. That was really strange. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do. But I, I think it's going to be a Damian Williams game. I think they're going to throw to their backs today. No, for sure. And I want to get it all into that backfield because that was a big question yeah. coming with Williams coming back. Who who was it going to be? Were they going to do a running back by committee, a true running back by committee? And it didn't show that that was going to be. It showed that Williams is ready to step back in and take his role because if he can be who he was at the end of last year, 
he's fantasy goodness. Yes. Now, something about Travis Kelsey that I, I found interesting this week, and not that he's ever going to be overlooked, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people might be down on him right now because his numbers haven't been for what you drafted him for, if right. that makes sense, right? Kelsey's drawn seven red zone targets, second most in the league, period. <laughs> right? Five inside the 10, also second most in the league, but he hasn't scored on none of them. That's crazy. So imagine we talk about regression to the mean, right? Yep. And we're always going to use, you're going to hear a lot of the same terms on this show. You need to use put those into your day, daily gambling vocabulary because that's going to guide you to bets, if that makes sense. Whenever you start thinking regression, positive or negative, and, you're, and you are handicapping a game or a prop, you think, let me not get too high because this guy's been going off so much, he's going to regress to the mean, what does this mean? What is his usual average? Take that average and use the math in what the team average is, the defense allows. And using those averages to that regression to that mean is where you find a common place. That's how you do get numbers. Gotcha. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the Texans have been better against tight ends this year. I think adding Gibson to the mix at safety, he's, he's pretty good at covering tight ends. So we'll see if he can do it today. But, I'm just excited to watch this one. This is a game where I really, like, you know, deep down inside, I think the Chiefs are probably going to win because every time the Texans get my hopes up, they <laughs> they crush me the next week and they, they drop a game. But, you know, we can't be too upset with them if they, they don't pull this one off today. I mean, this is the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they were in the AFC Championship game last year, and the game is at Arrowhead, which is a tough place to play, you know, traditionally over the years. So... But I think the Texans have a shot. But we talked about this a little before the show. We'll see if they pull from that Colts playbook where they just hammered Marlon Mack over and over and over again against the Chiefs. We'll see if they do that with Carlos Hyde today because that could be the recipe to get this thing done. Yeah, we'll talk about the recipe of the, I, I guess let's call it the path that the Texans should and could take to yeah. the victory today. We'll talk about the path that, the game script needs to take if you're hammering the over. We're going to get into different angles on this game. One thing that I want to get out of here before or get out before we get to break, the Sharps. Okay, so this line, the look ahead was seven and a half before last week's games went off. Then last week's games off, the they reopened the line Monday morning at seven. Sharps, the big bets, they hammered Houston. That's why it went down all the way to plus five, plus four. Yeah. If you know anything about Watson, He's only lost that one game by over seven points, right? That uh, it, it, a period. It was been one game plus seven points against the spread or whatever that number is. So it goes down to plus five. 80% of the early cash, Texans. That's interesting. But you know what? Part of that is Watson, right? Because he usually shows up in big-time games against big-time quarterbacks. Think of his game against Tom Brady where they almost won that one. The one against the Seahawks where the last second they lost that one. This Deshaun, year against New Orleans. Yes, Deshaun usually shows up in these big matchups. Yeah, he doesn't usually lose by more than seven points. Right. So keeping that in mind, everyone knows that. They hammered it down. So all the money, early cash, was on Texans. And at one point, you ask yourself, when does it become value? Right. On the Chiefs. And we'll get into that coming up next. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Get it? Text a message. I don't know the number. 
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. The squad is back in the building. Renzo taking care of all the calls, all the podcasting. Make sure if you miss anything at Podcast Arena is where you can find that. At SportsMap is where you can find the Bookie Busters. At SportsMap is where you can also find all of Josh's rankings because we're going to get a lot of calls today and a lot of people wondering and if for whatever reason you can't get through you can't text us whatever that is go to sports map check that out right now because his rankings are fantastic last week we crushed our put our names on it we've been crushing uh, another another word of advice if if we're two of us we, we don't talk it out before the show the put our name on it it just comes organically so if you ever see uh, two of us agree on something because i'm not going to change mine for example when kansas city the other week and andrew went first and he said Kansas City was going to smash, I was on him as well. So if you ever hear that, because who'd you have last week? I forget it was, Andrew. You said... I had Adam Thielen and the Vikings. Exactly. And you saw how that went. Yeah. So, again, it, these put your name on it. It's, I know it's, it's, it's towards the end of the show. You got about five minutes, so make sure you keep tuned in for that because those last five minutes a lot of times you can find that last bet and usually it's compiled of stuff that you end up convincing yourself through the first two hours of this show and it makes so much sense that you're like you know what i'm gonna put my name on that so put your name on it will be that last segment stay tuned for that because we've been crushing it but let's get back into this texans game yeah let's do that this is uh this is the game of the week in my opinion and it could go a couple different ways it could really change the season here for the texans too if you think about it because they got the Colts next week. You know, that's a that's a big division game. And then we were thinking they were going to get an easy game playing the Raiders the week after that. Raiders don't look so terrible anymore, do they? After they went and beat the Bears, what, in London last week. So that's something to consider. So, all right, let's talk about this one a little bit. You were speaking about the total on this game. You're kind of leaning towards the over. Why is that? Just a bounce-back game for the Chiefs offense. And then, again, I don't see them generating pressure enough on Watson to where it makes him uncomfortable. This is the ultimately buy low on Hopkins, sell high on Fuller. Hopkins is going to have a game today. Quote me on that quote. I think the only thing that scares me here is not the only thing. There's a few things. If you see a team hold Kansas City to that less points like as as the Colts did, right? Ten yep. points. You say, what did they do? Because that's what we need to do. So whenever you go look at that game field, you realize that you can run all over Kansas City. Yep. That is their ultimate demise. How many times did they show Patrick Mahomes during that game and he looked frustrated, like 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 anxious, like, let me get the ball back? How many times did you see during that game? You're like, man, there he is. Like He's just thinking, like, another first down, another first down. And they did it in a way where they weren't converting on even second down. They would get, like, a little bit on first, a little bit on second, convert on third. That's eating up the clock. And they were hiking the ball inside five seconds. So at any point through this game, I got a feeling that Bill O'Brien can mask his defense, which that's where it's going to have to be with that run game. So at what point does it happen? How does this game kick off? If if Kansas City gets off to an early lead, you can hammer that over with with confidence, live betting it. But say that the that, that that the Texans come out and get a lead, and Kansas City goes three and out or whatever the case is, and they don't score, you better be sure that O'Brien's going to come back and start taking time off that clock. And if it's working. That's the way. So that scares me. Another thing, yeah. Andy Reid, 
since joining the 2000 in 2013, right? The Chiefs underbetters have not profited more off of any other coach than than Andy Reid, which you don't think of it that no. way, right? 34 and 20 to the under, including the playoff games. That's that's something that you don't think. Now is it because there's a premium already added into the Chiefs? I don't know, but that's something to keep in 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 mind here. No doubt about it. Here's another thing. Chiefs struggle against the tight ends. So it could be a Jordan Aikens game. It could be a Darren Fells game. That's what's tough with the Texans' tight ends is even when they have a good matchup, they use so many of them, you don't know who to start. So, But maybe if you're in a daily league and you just want to spend a tiny bit amount of money on your tight end, maybe pick one of the Texans' guys, flip a coin, and hope you get the right one. So how do you attack the injuries of the Kansas City Chiefs because Chris Jones out the defensive tackle yep. and then now the nose tackle Xavier Williams high ankle sprain they're missing you they gave up 5.3 yards per carry that's Carlos Hyde goodness he's yes. getting a lot of the carries expect them what about the revenge factor here yeah there's, there's some there's familiarity on both sides of the ball you know that might be a great prop bet is just bet on Carlos Hyde to score a touchdown today you know, that makes a lot of sense. If they get close, you know they're going to give him that opportunity to do it. Like you just said, they're missing some defensive linemen, so it's a good matchup for Hyde. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go check out on my bookie that prop bet for a Carlos Hyde touchdown because I think he gets in the end zone today. You heard it here. Let's go ahead and throw that bet in the bag. Hyde to get in the end zone. I like it a lot. Me too. How about on the receiving aspect? I talked about Hopkins having a game. Do you think it's another fuller game? Do you think it's Kiki? Do you think it's because we saw the tight end catch, those two touchdowns, but that was his only two balls. Yeah. I think this is a – I'm not predicting Fuller's going to do what he did again this week, but 80 yards and a touchdown would not surprise me for Fuller. And I think – I think Hopkins gets going. He, he's just too good to hold down for that that many weeks in a row. And one of the other matchups we need to talk about, and we discussed this a little before the show, is Honey Badger. You know, he knows this Texans team pretty well. He knows what Bill O'Brien likes to do. He, You know, he's gone against Hopkins and all these guys in practice. So he might have a little edge. Of course, the Texans know him, too. They know what he's good at. So... And Martinez Rankin, the offensive lineman that the Texans traded to the Chiefs. The Texans know what he's not good at. Yeah, that's blocking. But (laughs) he does know the Texans system. He does know, you know, their protections and stuff like that. And if you're sitting there with Andy Reid and you're telling him how, how the Texans do all their protections, even if you're not a good offensive lineman, you still know how they like to do things. So there might be a little advantage there that the Chiefs may have some ideas on on how Watson's going to set those protections. Let's go to the other side of the ball. You're talking about ideas and Chiefs. What's their way to attack the Texans? Because check this out. The Texans play zone coverage on about 68%. So let's call it 70%. Okay. That's when Mahomes torches. He has zero picks, eight touchdowns under that 12.9 yards per attempt. So will you need the Texans to play a little more man here? Because if they stick to that close to 70% of zone coverage, there's going to be trouble here. Big trouble. And this all comes from Belichick. He's the one that kind of put that blueprint together of playing all that man against Patrick Mahomes. Remember, they they beat him in the regular season last year, and then the Patriots beat him again in the AFC Championship game. They throw a lot of man coverage at Mahomes. That's what he struggles with, like you said. So it's kind of tricky, right? The Texans might play a lot of zone because they're better at it. You know, sometimes you have to decide, do we do what we do well or do we change everything 
to attack a weakness of the opponent, it gets kind of tricky. Sometimes you can outthink yourself. Tricky is the key word because Romeo Cornell's run defense, 4.29 yards per carry, it's not the best, yeah. but also it's it's not that bad, right? It's a yeah. little bit over average. But where you get bad is the league high nine catches per game to the, to the running back, 67.2 yards receiving to the running back position. You're yeah. giving up nine catches. Now you could say, is there a theory to that? Is it saying, all right, we'll, we'll we'll let the play develop in front of us and we'll collapse to it? That's the thing. But that means you got to make these tackles, especially today. If not just to that running back position, but if they're doing these small ca- uh, passes and these these fast, speedy receivers, you're going to have to make the catch. And not only that, though, but that's how you break open the big play, throwing a lot underneath, and then you fake the bomb. And that's what I, f- I got a feeling. There's going to be some big plays on both sides of the ball today. I agree. And the other thing, you. You know, you're going to have Tyree Kill streaking down the field, and then you're going to have Kelsey work in that intermediate area, and then you're going to have guys like Damian Williams that they can drop the check down to. So all three levels, Andy Reid has ways where he can hurt you. And passing to his running backs is nothing new. You remember when he was doing that with Brian Westbrook on the Eagles? I mean, that screen, remember yes. that, that Philly screen, and you, you touched it on the first um, on the first segment. Damian Williams, he was inserted as a top back. 12 touches led them, four targets, 57% of the snaps. The other guy split the other, what, 43%. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, expect Damian Williams to have his share of the backfield and expect him to get catches because that's where you can hurt the Texans. We've been giving out that pick every week. Yeah. Whenever they played uh, the Panthers, we said take McCaffrey. Whenever they played with Freeman, we said take the Freeman. Yeah. So, the the Texans again they give up the most catches to the running back position always look for the over no doubt and think you know James White for the Patriots kills them every time they play it's something that you know I guess Zach Cunningham's probably their best middle linebacker in coverage McKinney's not quite as quick as him but they're still not elite at that they're just kind of a little below average who's the Chiefs Second guy, because we know Sammy Watkins isn't going to be there. So say it is Hill one. So who do you got more confidence in, Demarcus Robinson or Miko Hardman? That's tough. And we saw Pringle break out last week. Yeah, I, I never and, even heard of the guy. Yeah, for sure. Let's not forget about him. Pringle was also in there. Um, he outsnapped Hardman 77% to 61. Check that out. Leading the Kansas City lead. Six receptions, 103 for a touchdown. I'm thinking it's in. I think he played in the slot a little bit, and that's how he got going last week. But I think it might be Demarcus Robinson. He's got good size and he can run, so he might be a guy. Because with Hardman back, I feel like him and Tyree Kill are very similar. So I, you know, I, I almost think that Hardman might take a little bit of a back seat this week because Tyree Kill returns. So my money would be on Demarcus Robinson if I had to pick one of those guys. That's so scary to say that. You say they're they're similar, Hill and anyone. Yeah. So and and they are similar Damn. players, and that means you're going to have to deal with that speed. Yes. And today, that's going to be the key: making the tackle first off. Don't let them get out in the open space first, and second, don't bite because once they get you to 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 bite, and they get that established in the run, and they start running these little wide receiver screens, make the tackle because then they're going to try to beat you over the top. I expect big plays today. I know a lot of sharps out there are on the under. I gave you the under. Uh, a lot of thing correlates to Andy Reid unders. But in this particular situation, I want to see how many of those unders had the Kansas City Chiefs scoring only 10 points the prior game. You know what I mean? Like how many of those had Watson into the equation? So not all trends are created the same. So make sure that you read into the context. And the context here reads, angry Chiefs, green up arrow on the over. Watson with time, arrow up green. Marquee matchup. 
two guys from the same draft. You think they don't think that in the, the competitiveness, no right? The being competitive in their head, thinking, no, this is my shot. Watson never really loses over seven points. Yep. Keep that all in mind. The Texans will fight today. I'm not sure if they can pull out a win. But, again, that's why I'm not even giving Kansas City on a money line because the Texans very well can win this game. Kansas oh, yeah. City doesn't generate pressure. It's a big game. It's a big show. It's big money. We're going to keep giving you picks here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open. Get your questions in if you got anything gambling. If you got any smack talk for your personal league, you want to get something out there right now and you want to tell your boy, hey, you're going down this week. I need a win because that's what I need. In our uh, fantasy football leagues, man, I've been terrible. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I've been terrible. That at 16-team league, that's yep. crazy, right? That that league is tough. You talk about nothing being on the waiver wire. You know, There is no waiver yeah. wire, one. And two, if one of your guys, you're already thin at whatever position you slacked off of because once you, it, it, whether you went running back heavy or even if you went running back receiver, by the time those 16 teams came back, it was Nothing, no doubt about it, and that's where in leagues like that, hand, handcuffing your running backs is big. You know what I mean? Because then you're not running the waiver wire, freaking out. You just flip that guy into your lineup. So there's definitely definitely different strategies when you're playing big leagues like that. And you also need luck because yeah. Gallman, for example, that Gallman guy, he he had the feeling for a few weeks, but Barkley, what happens when he comes back? Yeah, and Gallman, he got hurt, so he didn't even play on Thursday night. So a lot of people spent all their fab on him, you know, bidding on him because he's a starting running back, which you should do. But then, you know, he got hurt, so you're, you're stuck. And then the other night on Thursday Night Football, the Giants used a, a couple different guys. So it's really tricky when you're when you're picking up and starting guys you've never heard of. There is risk. <laughs> For sure. Now, before we get into the games, yeah, we are a football show, but let's touch on the Astros real quick. I know someone out there is listening saying, man, what about the Astros? This is Houston. Yeah. So just real quick, before we jump into the games, any thoughts today? Because I know you made a bet out there and people are going to hate you, but we're in this to make money. Uh, fans, uh, your fanhood's always going to be there. And yep. it's not saying that you're not any much of a fan or less of a fan than any of the next man. But when you see an opportunity, as you did yesterday, and me, I got caught sleeping because I went and looked and I saw Grinky at minus 170. And I thought to myself, man, he should not be minus 170. Yep. Not that I even looked down. I just think that every game here, don't get me wrong, Verlander and Cole are a, a little bit different. But and they're going to carry their own premium betting-wise, right? They're going to be almost two-to-one favorites. If Grinky was minus 170, then you better think that Verlander and Cole are going to be a little bit higher, right? And also yeah. depends the, the the opposing pitcher and whatnot. But at that price, you have to take the Yankees. In, in betting, especially baseball, you don't ask yourself – 
Because, again, you're not betting your whole bankroll. This isn't like, hey, if you lose this game, we're cutting off your arm. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. you're betting fingers, okay? So you you can sit. You got more than one, okay? So and using the theory of breaking it down into segments, you ask yourself, if these two pitchers, these two teams played X amount of times, how many times can the Yankees really win this matchup? And once you do the numbers that way, you lead to it leads to you believe that the value was on the Yankees at plus money yesterday. It was. And I was so I thought that was wrong. I, I didn't think that should have been the case because I mean, quite frankly, you know, Grinky didn't pitch that well the last time we saw him. He you know, he he wasn't absolutely, absolutely terrible, but I know how good the Yankees lineup was. So it just didn't feel right to me. So you know, everybody hate me, but I took the Yankees money line yesterday and that looked like the right play. And it was just, I still think the Astros are going to win the series. And you talk about, you know, only betting fingers, not hands. I didn't throw down a huge bet on the Yankees money line because, you know, I didn't want to be rooting that hard against the Astros because I bet so much money on the Yankees. I just bet a reasonable amount, but I was pretty confident in it. And Boy, it didn't take long for me to be proven right. I just had a bad feeling. I, I just did. And the Grinky didn't look great the other day. I knew they were at home. But Astros really haven't been hitting that well either. And I know Grinky's been giving up runs. And, you know, the Yankees have good pitching too. So, you know, I took that chance. And obviously you get more juice. You, you win more money if you bet money line instead of taking the runs. So I did that. And, you know, obviously I was right. What was it? Seven to nothing was the final. So has any of your thoughts changed? Because you say you still expect them to go on and win. But has anything changed from, let's say, the beginning of the season one? Let's do this two-part question to both of you guys. Has any of your thoughts changed from one, from the beginning of the season to now, a little bit now? That, and then also throw in the factor that the Dodgers are out. So does that change your thought? Because... From an overall betting standpoint, the Astros right now are still plus 235. So not too much has changed, although they're down 1-0 and lost home field advantage. So keeping that thought, both of you guys, Andrew, how do you feel right now going into today's game? Uh, Some saying it's a must win. Uh, Yeah, 2-0 down would be tragic, but... How do you feel going in? Did you expect maybe that they would lose yesterday and that you're so confident that that wasn't going to be the ultimate deciding factor of them going down? I wasn't super confident headed into yesterday simply because of the fact that if you look at Granke historically in the postseason, his ERA is in the mid-fours. Yep. Um, he, he just hasn't been the pitcher that he has been historically in the regular season in the postseason. But at the same time, anyone who's blaming Granke for what happened yesterday – they're putting their blame in the wrong place. They're looking to put all their blame on one person when in reality it should be the hitters one through nine that mustered three whole hits yesterday. Yep, and it's the same thing. I'd never got so many likes on a tweet in my life when uh, Verlander pitched on short rest, and I went to Twitter, and I was just like, man, everybody's you know bagging on Verlander, but they haven't even scored a damn run. Yeah, You and, know, and like, it just, it come looked, on. It looked bad early, and that's why people had that thought because they expected them to go out there and throw a, a, a one-hitter and going into the ninth and, you know, yeah. go into 100 pitches. But that's not always going to be the case. But what needs to be the case is that you can at least score four or five runs with that lineup. And yeah. if you can't go out there and get four or five runs with that lineup, and, you know, at the end of the day, you were still in that game yesterday. You felt like with that lineup, no matter what, when there was three, four, whatever, 
a case, you felt, you know what? All we needed to do is get a few guys on base and let's get this going. And with that thought, if that's your thought and that's your confidence, then it needs to be put because now we're going on last series. It was a struggle uh, outside of a few innings. You know yeah. what I mean? Outside of, and that's the thing, though. All they got to do is they can blow it open one inning. That's just how strong they are. Oh, yeah. They can kill the. But again, you, that the consistency that is needed, especially if your pitchers are holding a, a lineup like the Yankees to four or five runs for a minute there. You know, don't get me wrong. At the end, they blew it open. But if four or five runs, six, seventh inning, like okay, then where are your four runs? Because at the end of the day, if you're not going to score, then then what are we doing here? No doubt. I mean, it's it's both sides. You got to score some runs, and you, you have to get good pitching. And in the playoffs, you're facing the best pitchers, no so, matter you know, what. Every day, anytime they play, I don't care who's on the other side with the lineup that the Houston Astros have. I at least expect four runs. I would say, you know, three, four runs at yeah. least, four runs. And if your pitchers are keeping you in the game that long, then then dang, you know, like yeah. uh, what are we doing here? You, you like like Andrew said, we're putting the blame. On the wrong side, and I even made a joke like we got my kid got Verlandered, but yeah. you know I was straight joking. Like uh, honestly, it had nothing to do with him. It looked bad at first, but if you look at the overall performance, if you can't outdo what he put up there, then what are we doing here? Yeah, and I mean this is the Astros here. If they go down a couple runs early in a game, you're not thinking the game's over. You know, yeah. not with this offense. And you know, outside of a few innings, these whole playoffs, if you really think of it, the first inning and game five, you know what I mean? That they they had their little runs and or what was it? The first two innings, right? Yeah. They, they and then uh, what? Game two, uh, but uh, they had what? The fifth inning, I believe, when they started scoring. Uh, but when? When else do you did? When else have they had their moments? They haven't had it consistently. Where you say, man. There's that Astros team that throw up nine, ten runs. That that's that that's the team I know. I haven't felt confident this whole time. Hopefully, though, it, it we talk about regression yep. to the mean. Their mean is at least four or five runs. If you go bet right now, their team total today is guaranteed is going to be four and a half to five and a half runs somewhere around there. So if they get to their projections, then they should be good. They should. It just seems like to me with these guys, they perform their best when their backs are against the wall. You know, and so it's no surprise that they came out in game five and, and just, you know, took an early lead against the Rays. And then Cole was amazing, but they had to, you know, they came out and started hitting the ball early. The series was, was on the line. So I'm not surprised they had a little bit of a letdown in game one of the next series. And they only got, what, one day off? You know, where the Yankees had just been sitting around waiting to play. Today's team total, like I said, so it sits at four against Paxton. Can they score over under four runs for themselves? The t- the game total over under seven and a half runs. Verlander money line minus one fifty eight. You have to gamble one hundred fifty eight to win a hundred, or a dollar fifty eight wins a dollar. Astros are now underdogs in this series plus one twenty five against the Yankees in this series. So if that gives you a measure of where they're at or where Vegas sees them at. But today, they're seeing Verlander as a favorite and the Astros to have to score about four runs to get to that team total. So, again, if you're telling me that they can get four runs, and I know Paxton is great. I know He's that. an Astro killer, yeah, man, yeah, traditionally, yeah. even when he was with the Mariners. So then what do you do at this point? Because if it's set at four, if they told you right now the Astros, I'll give you four right now. Like, no matter what happens, I'll give you four. You, you, you take Verlander and whoever else, if anybody else has to help them, are you confident enough that, that, that they can keep that Astros or that Yankees lineup under four runs? If it's Verlander, absolutely. 
And I think Verlander's going to come out with something to prove after that last performance. He wasn't that bad. You know, no. everybody kind of overreacted, I think. So I think he's I think he's going to have a nice game tonight. But Paxton, he's been very good against the Astros. Left-hander throws really hard. We rely on a lot of left-handed bats now that we've added Brantley and Jordan. You know, we used to be a lot more right-handed of a lineup, and now we use those lefties a little more. I was it was interesting they had Kyle Tucker in last night. They continue to play him. He was the first one to get a hit, right? So I wonder if they go back to him again tonight or if, you know, maybe they go back to Reddick. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So again, as a, for me right now, I'm going to go ahead and drop that bet. I'll be on Verlander all over him at me 150. Too. I'm going to max bet that. If I live and die with the Astros, just see people out there, you know, I was talking to my wife last night, you know, and I'm like it's funny because if you talk, and you know, I'm not even a Houston diehard sports fan for all the teams, but sure. I'll fight for the Astros. Like I told her, like, that's one team that it hurts your feelings. Like when people say something about them, and yesterday after the game, I have a, you know, I have a following like from a lot of people over the nation, a lot of people from New York, and they were just torching the Astros and saying, you know, just talking down and starting to throw in the ball movement stuff. They're going back on stuff like that and just saying, just, just talking down. And you think about it like, what would make you talk down on on this Astros team? Jealousy, that's the only thing, because they're not a team that, that, that should strike you as anything else. They're a team that, they're like, they, when people hate the Yankees or the Red Sox, it's because jealousy, because they've been good so so long, right? But when they hit on the Astros, is what, this they've been, they built this. Like, don't they don't remember the 100 lost seasons, you know what I mean? We live with those. And now that now that there's 100 win seasons, now we're, we're, we're at top, and now people want to hate. And yep. now they, it's like wishful thinking. Whenever we were playing Tampa Bay, you know, we as Astros fans, we were uh, Tampa Bay and, and you were Yankees fans were around the television. They were Rays fans. You're like, you really yep. have that much scared in your heart? Don't be so scared. It's game two. Houston, Verlander's on the mound. We're all right. Bet Houston. Bet team total. Houston smashes today. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. But I couldn't tell you who the side was So I parallel double park that mother sideways Old folks talking about back in my day You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Moneyline's the spot on a Sunday morning, 713-780-3776. ESPN 97.5 bringing you the fantasy, goodness, the gambling, God's. We do this every single Sunday morning. We bring you the jams. We bring you the heat. So let's get back into this. We got a few uh, texts off the text line. Again, 713-780-3776. If you don't want to call us, you can just go ahead and shoot us a text. Any If you're a uh, stardom, send them questions, anything as far as fantasy related, anything bad beats, anything you have, go ahead and get it on in. If you want to smack talk your, your buddy in the league today, go ahead and get it on in. We'd love to hear about it. So right here we got a question. You got Tyreek Hill. Woods, Malcolm Brown, PPR, he needs to pick two of those three. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill for sure. Was it Woods? Who was the other one? Malcolm Brown? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Robbie Woods there. I, I I think he has a big game. I'm right there with you. I'm with Hill and Woods as well, especially in PPR. I think that they're oh, going to yeah. have big games. And I see a lot of scoring in that, uh, that Rams game. No doubt about it. I just... 
I think they're going to come out. He's going to, especially in a PPR, like we said, I, I think Woods is going to do well. And remember, you got Cooks coming off that concussion. So Woods might see a few more targets this week. This one sits close to my heart because I had the same thought whenever I was drafting. This guy says, what's going on with A.J. Green? Drafted him late, looking for him to come through with that pick. I thought he was going to be back, and whenever they went to do the surgery, I guess he's the timetable's been pushed back some. It has. Originally, when they, they did the surgery, when they got in there and started working on the ankle, they found out it was it was a little more damaged the, you know, than they originally anticipated. But he did get in some very light work last week at practice. I think he's just taking it slow. Remember, AJ's in a, he's in a contract year. So he doesn't want to come out and, you know, hurt himself again and then have his value go down. The Bengals have come out and said they are not trading him. But normally what happens when people say that, right? Like That means they're sm- when they're smoked, they're right. fired. They're, so. they're probably thinking about it. it. And that's the joke, too. Like, is, is he going to end up on the Patriots here in a few weeks? Don't be surprised. <laughs> I know. We keep making these jokes because I remember whenever Antonio Brown or, or just random people, and you're like, well, let me, oh, he's going to end up on the Patriots. And – these jokes are not funny anymore because it's becoming true. And every time that you see that it could flash across the bottom, the Patriots sign so-and-so, yep. you think, what well, made sense. And if they see something in them, it's the Patriot way. And that's how you know something was drastically wrong with Antonio Brown. So going back to what Zach Taylor said, though, this week he was asked about it. Quote, I've heard the speculation. We are not trading that guy. He came across as a definitive is what the media said. But – Going forward, then what's the thought with a Cincinnati Bengals team that's got need everywhere and a 31-year-old wideout that's going to require a big contract? Yeah, It makes no sense to stick your marbles there if no. you're Cincinnati. I think this is wishful thinking, and it's if A.J. wants out of there, he's going to get out of there. And I think that, like you said, why come back right now after being injured multiple times year after year as of late, 31-year-old? Let me just sit out and get my contract. Right, and let's let's talk about this if you're A.J. Green, right? He came out and addressed this, and he said, because they asked him about his contract, and maybe that's why he's been taking so long. And he said it's not about the money anymore. He's like, I've, I've got my big contracts. This guy wants to win. We see this all the time with, like, Calvin Johnson at the end of the line with the Lions, and now A.J. Green with the Bengals. And remember, it was Chad Johnson with the Bengals and, and T.J. Hushmanzada. These guys get so tired of losing – and then you finally get to 31 years old and you have a chance to get out. And you you know you've probably only got a, maybe a year or two left in your prime, at least the back part of your prime. So I, <laughs> A.J. wants to win, man. He's going to get out of there and we'll, we'll see what happens. But it makes sense that the Bengals are smart. They would trade him, get something for him. They have some good players. And Boyd, you know, I know Ross is hurt, but he's a good player. Like They have some young guys that, that can play receiver. Move on. What are you going to give him, a five-year contract at 31 years old coming off another leg injury? That makes no sense. And that's why you wonder what's going to happen here. Yeah. It's, there's smoke, there's fire, and obviously there's been rumblings, and that's why the coach got to come out and assert himself, but I don't believe it. Do you believe Matt Stanford, Stafford is what it should be, <laughs> Matt Stafford or Russell Wilson? Please help, 713. Oh, man. I, Russell Wilson. You know, when I did uh, – I. I I forgot to even tell you, I did the blitz with Fred like a week ago, and it was that Thursday night game. And I just kept getting all these questions. What should I do with Russell Wilson? What should I do with him? It's like, start him. He's been incredible this year. And that night, I think he threw for four touchdowns. So, you know, just, you know, he's an every week starter, Russell Wilson, until he proves you otherwise. Put him in your lineup. Don't even think about it. He's been fantastic. I know sometimes you get a little worried that, you know, maybe they don't throw the ball as much as you want, but. He's a great player, and he's been putting up numbers. Keep rolling with him. I, I know Stafford, 
he traditionally has a lot of shootouts against Aaron Rodgers, so I understand the temptation of playing Stafford. But you roll with Russell Wilson until he gives you a reason not to. I think that there's hidden fantasy goodness. Russell Wilson, his over-under and attempts is only 20 and a half. So the, yep. I think that's kind of low. If you're out there and looking at that, go ahead and hit that small bet over because I do believe that this is where Cleveland does have a game. I think Cleveland's going to score some points today, making Russell Wilson have to throw. Now, if you believe that's going to be an under game, then Matt Stafford's going to be your play. But I don't think that's going to be as such. Russell Wilson's going to have to open it up today. I think Tyler Lockett, that's a big – we'll get into that game. Let me get into We've got to get into this game because yeah. the line moved. It's been going all over the exactly. place. Let me fire off these questions to get because the people are going crazy. They want to hear these stardom cinema questions. So we're going to get through these, and then we're going to jump into that game. We'll Let's start off with that one. So uh, you, so it was uh, Russell Wilson over Stafford, right, for you? Yeah, yeah. Same for me as well. Draft Kings question, Matt Ryan and Julio or Dak and Amari? Ooh. I'm probably leaning. I know this sounds bad, but I'm kind of leaning Matt Ryan and Julio. I just I have a feeling about them this week. And Arizona's defense is horrible. No, I mean, not to be. And, you know, you guys know that I'm not just in here agreeing with him and everything, but it only makes sense. Matt Ryan and Julio here over Dak and Omari, which can eventually run out the clock. And Matt Ryan and Julio are playing against the Cardinals, which run the most, the fastest pace. So if they're running the fastest pace, that means you're getting more possessions. And if you're getting more possessions, that's more plays, right? And more points per play. It all mathematically, it tells you that you should start those Atlanta Falcons and Julio coming off a subpar game. I got some numbers of, of that specific game as well. We've got to jump in all these games. We're going to get to these questions because Julio, off subpar games, he always kills. He does. He's a little boomer bust, but when he's good, he wins your week for you. And I know the total isn't the end-all, be-all for this stuff, Jerry. We talk about that. But just to throw it out there, the, the total on the Atlanta-Arizona game is 52, where on the, the Cowboys-Jets game, it's 44. So, And I know that's not always going to be the indicator of who's the better guy to start, but I think Arizona could at least give Atlanta a run for their money, at least scoring with them. I could see the Cowboys getting up on the Jets and kind of putting it in cruise control and running the ball. I actually got one of my favorite bets on that Atlanta game, and we'll get to that. We'll drop that pick for you right here. Pittsburgh, Juju or Mike Williams from the Chargers. Uh, don't get too cute here. I would no. have Juju. If, if, you, if you have Juju, that means you drafted him high. If you have Mike Williams, that means you drafted him pretty low. Think about that. Don't get too cute here. Don't take out Juju. No, and Mike Williams, like he's starting to lead the league and limping off the field and returning to the game. He's always hurt. So, yeah, don't overthink it. Roll with Juju. All right, this one's a little tough. We need two out of these guys. It's a, it's a PPR. Gallup. Thompson, Chris Thompson, Jarvis Landry, Sneed, or Jones. Pick two of those. So, again, M Michael Gallup, Chris Thompson, Landry, Sneed, Marvin Jones. So, I think I start from an elimina elimination process from the bottom up. Willie Sneed being, I guess, the bottom of these guys, then Marvin Jones, then Chris Thompson, then Landry, and I think Gallup first. Or Landry and Gallup vice versa, right? And then Thompson third. How would you have him ranked? Yeah, I, I think Gallup I would have one, and then I'd probably have – Landry two exactly and then maybe Thompson three now Thompson's kind of tricky because I mean they're playing the Dolphins you know he should have a nice game the doo-doo bowl yeah the doo-doo bowl but I'm hearing they're going to use Adrian Peterson a lot they're going to go a little old school we got to remember Redskins have a new coach this week this is the game where yeah. he pays his debt yes he's thinking right <laughs> now like man this is going to get me out of debt I need to have a game today no doubt Adrian's running for that money 
And they should be able to stay in this game, right? So they should be able to run the ball. I don't think the Dolphins are going to run away and hide. So, yeah, I'd probably – I like Gallup a lot this week. So I'd, I'd roll with him. And I think Landry, he should catch a lot of passes. And Thompson's not a bad option. So either one you want to go with there. This guy just traded Shady for Diggs. Do you feel like he got away with one? What's your thoughts? Oh, man, this is – eh. You know, it's it could go either way because we're seeing Shady's snaps go down. But with Diggs, if he has one more bad game, are people going to cut him? I got a feeling he might be on a different team, yes. soon, though, which would work out for him because Diggs is a monster. I just don't think that uh, Cousins plays to his attributes. No. Remember I talked about last week how Cousins' average depth of target to him and Thielen has gone up two yards, and you're thinking, we're regressing on this side. Why are you giving him more to deal with? Let's run shorter routes to, to play with Cousins, and we'll get into that game. I know we'll, hey, we'll get in the next segment. We just got, let's get through these last two questions. We're going to break. We're getting into the game. So, Disley or a banged-up Kittle? I would go with Disley. Just be, look, I love Kittle, but Kittle said he, he may not finish the game today. That's a problem. Yeah, for sure. And then this guy just said, hey, Diggs is trash this year. <laughs> and he is, and he is, and I don't think it's making any better, all the, the yelling and stuff he has about going on, about uh, getting more action, but Thielen, it worked for Thielen, and again, I think Diggs might end up in a different uniform this year. Yeah, he kind of winked when they asked him about that, but you know, what would you want to do if you wanted to, to bet on these guys, and you wanted to say, who should I start this week, Kittle or Disley, and you wanted to bet on that, where would you do it, Jerry? I would do it at my bookie. There's only one place. Yeah, it's my bookie, guys, and that's what we do. That's The live betting is so crucial. Jerry and I use it all the time. You get a good feel for how the game's going, and all you have to do is just pull out your phone. You don't even have to have your laptop out with MyBookie. And, you know, part of the gamble, right, with some of these betting websites is, you know, are you going to get your money? You don't have to worry about that with MyBookie. They, they pay out faster than anybody, guys. It's time to win, bet, and get paid. MyBookie has odds on every game and more prop bets than any other sports book. And actually, Jerry and I already fired on a prop involving Dow. Alvin Cook. We'll get to that. We'll tell you what it is a little later. We got on there and we bet on it on my bookie. Do you know you can bet after kickoff? Like I was just saying, you can do parlays. You get a huge profit on just a small wager with those parlays. So don't bet on some no-name sports book. If you're going to bet this football season, be smart. Bet with the best at mybookie.ag. And guys, sign up right now. They will double your first deposit. That's up to a thousand bucks of free money. You can be playing with house money, guys. So just use promo code radio when you set up your account and they will double your deposit you put in 500 they'll match it that's mybookie.ag promo code radio play win and get paid at mybookie it doesn't matter 